Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast with your hosts, the Battle Bros, Taylor and Isaac. What's up, Isaac? Uh, I thought you were going to ask how am I doing, so I'm just going to answer that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Excellent. The spring weather is like got me pretty psyched. We could use a lot more rain, but uh, it's been beautiful every day and, you know, the whole world's coming alive again. It's pretty, pretty exciting. Also, flesh and blood stuff is happening. <laughs> That's true. But I think we're going to pivot into a uh, small motors lawn care podcast on this episode. Oh, right. Because in one of our most our previous episode, I left the listeners hanging about my lawnmower, my lawn, and how all that's doing. So we're going to spend the next hour talking about what a solenoid is, how to replace it. Totally. Fuel pumps. Things that everybody should know at home. If, so if, if you have a Husqvarna ride-on lawn tractor with a Kohler 7000 22 horsepower engine, what should you be looking for to fix it? Definitely. We are going to have a whole YouTube series on uh, <laughs> Taylor's lawnmower repair also. Yeah. If you're looking for Monarch spoilers or discussion, look for our next episode <laughs> coming out. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, we do have a Your special... lawn do, does look great, though. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. I fixed my lawnmower. There we go. We do have a special guest with us. Yours and my favorite third member, Johnny Blue Razor, Mitch. What's up, Mitch? Hey, how's it going? Oh, We'll put that in in post and I'll edit out that like blown oh. out eardrum. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Well, I'm, I'm glad your lawnmower is good as well. Thanks. Yeah, I would, I would love to host that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have like maybe four ish acres to mow of my tin that I own. Flex, uh, humble brag. <laughs> yeah, we could convert it to run on shredded drone brutalities. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Boom. That Topical. You can shred with the lawnmower. Yeah. Um, okay, so in this episode, we're going to talk about our experience through the skirmish season. And then, so that'll probably be the first hour-ish. So if you're like, don't care, just maybe skip ahead an hour, and then we'll be talking about Monarch spoilers. Right. We after are that. We're not going to break down every one of our skirmish tournaments like the last episode, but we are going to recap the season and share our thoughts on it. I mean, as you know, um, Taylor and I made zero waves in the skirmish season, and we have a lot of opinions to share. <laughs> Well, that's not technically true. We didn't like win a tournament, but oh, we, we made friendships. Our bond is stronger. We totally. made a different wave throughout the yeah. community. And that's the real win. Yeah, totally. Definitely is. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we don't really have any news, right? Monarch spoiler season is happening. Um Crucible uh, Unlimited is announced, so that's really great. That's really, really positive. We've been talking a lot about hopefully being able to figure out how to do Team Sealed. Oh, yeah. That would be really fun. For um, less than, you know, $1,200. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> or well, yeah. this pack I just opened was $100, <laughs> um, and it didn't have anything in it. Anyway, uh, I think me and you have a couple of shout-outs. Totally. First... Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, so Sean, the sharp shooting sniper, that's all the alliteration I got. Uh, <laughs> Azalea player, who yeah. we both played in the last tournament, um, 
I just wanted to shout you out because good job for playing Azalea. What a great character and uh, played very well. Totally. What What's really fun about that is that in 96 people, Sean not only played you, played me, but then also played past guest Thomas. So we played like the whole crew. Totally. Like pretty funny. Yeah, he's it, like it, one of our best friends now. Yeah, totally. He's like, dude, I just played someone with that exact mat. We both have this Star <laughs> Wars yeah. Destiny mat. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're the ranger that Isaac played that he told me he beat because you have Gorgonian Tome. And then in my mind, I'm playing Runeblade. And I'm like, I just took out Gorgonian Tome yesterday. This is my chance to, <laughs> to draw two. Live the dream. Yeah. Or let him live the dream and, and I draw two. It. Yeah. Anyway. That's Sean Spice as he runs Gorgonian Tome. I think for the Ravenous Ravel play, Ravenous for five, go again. Totally. Revealing a tome. And cycle your deck faster, I guess. Yeah, totally. So yeah, shout out to Sean. I told you we would shout you out. Hit Irina's prayer for Max. (laughs) Yeah, Max Irina's. I don't know. Yeah. What other other uses are there? I don't know. Flex on your opponent? (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, great job, Sean. You're, You're a good Ranger player. Totally. Keep at it. Totally. I'm excited for you and Isaac to get together and go Ranger Mirror head-to-head. Totally. I'm pretty psyched. I will be playing probably only Ranger now that it's constructed season. Hell yeah. All um, right. Who's yeah. your shout-out? I have quite a few. All right. Well, give a, give us two. Okay. So first, I want to shout out uh, Dennis from Belgium. Kugain uh, Gaming on YouTube, I believe. And... He, yep, it's a, and I'll have it in the show notes. So he's in Belgium and he is racing to get 1000 experience first in his country. Um, and he beat me the other day, but so you're welcome. Nice. Help him get that XP. Yeah, totally. Like yeah. half a day's work or whatever, getting an old win on me. So I'm wishing him the best of luck. Everybody else wish him the best of luck. Um, go follow him on, on YouTube. He's doing some flesh and blood content and that sort of thing yeah get that gold foil totally my other shout out actually i guess this is my last shout out is to my new friend arthur from canada uh just a super nice guy i played him in the team covenant armory on uh on tuesdays and uh he was totally really cool and super nice and he has a little i think uh online store uh, signaris.ca and that'll be in the show notes too and he's doing like a uh, a snail slow grow uh, league situation where you like sign up and then you get 72 hours to or 48 hours to play your match um, and then it's played over several weeks rather than doing all of the Swiss right in one day because they can get pretty long so um, oh cool yeah so and, and it's free I believe too so uh, oh, that'll be in the show notes. And so get at him. He's Mr. Chocolate on uh, Discord. So if you want to like be a part of that or something or talk to him about it uh, or buy singles from him or something, that would be cool. Nice. Um, on that note, if any of our listeners have like an event or content or anything you want us to shout out to uh, spread the word about your, your cool stuff, uh, let us know. Totally. I would also like to hear, so Spotify gives us some analytics and 
obviously this game is dominated by uh, men. There's mostly men who listen to our podcast and who we've played against in skirmishes. But we have a few lady listeners, and I would love to hear from you guys and what your experience is and maybe try to get some of you on the podcast or something to give you guys a voice and that sort of thing. So just send us an email or Facebook message or whatever. It's in the show notes and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, love to hear from you also. That's it. That's all I got for my shout outs. All right. I got one more shout out, but it's kind of a discussion. So, oh, um, <clears throat> I would like to shout out Kingsley or Tower Number Nine for writing an uh, article on luck recently that I found very interesting and pretty spot on. Um, I'm not going to recap the whole article, I'll just go read it. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about considering luck. Um, how people overvalue luck in games. Like it's pretty easy to blame a loss or uh, occurrence on luck and therefore not learn anything from it was um, one of his main points. And he talks about making decisions, um, like making the correct decision, not in hindsight. Right. So like if you, if you do something that has a 10% chance of failing and then you fail, it's easy to think like, Oh, dang, you know, shouldn't a bad call. But in reality, you know, nine out of 10 times you'll win that game right, or it will right. succeed. So you always need to make the right call despite having like a pretty, you know, disappointing loss or whatever. Um, talks about many other things, but um, I thought it was, uh, it's just a good way to look at the game and uh, to not, I mean, luck definitely plays a part in this game, especially in Blitz. But um, not over-blaming or overvaluing luck will really help you out as a player. Um, I have a couple examples. So, like, on one recent skirmish game I lost, um, I had a... I was playing Brute versus Warrior, and I had a Pummel in Arsenal, and a Red in hand, and a Springboard in hand. Mm-hmm. And I rolled my Bark Bones. All I needed was one resource to play the Pummel... And then Arsenal the Springboard. And I rolled a one, I gambler's gloves it, and I rolled another one. So I got zero resources. Um, and I could not arsenal my springboard because the pummel was in the way. Um, so I chose to pay for the pummel with my springboard just to get it out of there. Um but I felt like that was the turning point in the game. Not saying that I would have won, but that uh would have given me a huge leg up and ended up not. Um so I feel like that was a very unlucky call. But it's important for me to remember just, I mean, I would do the same thing again, but just got unlucky. Um, However, in another game, I lost to a wizard who stir-forked me. You guys all know what I'm talking about. You've all been there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think I had maybe 10 life or 12 life. I don't remember to his uh, four or so. Um, But... When he stir forks, you turn two or three with all the right components, you know, and can pay for the metacarpus pump or whatever. I think he swung in for 14 and uh, killed me. It's easy to think like, oh, he uh, he got pretty lucky. You know, if wizard draws hot, you're just dead. And that's the way the game goes. Um, but, you know, in the same vein of this article, I try to think about. So in the very first turn of that game, I chose to go first and I 
rolling scab skins, I can do 11 damage to him or swing 11 damage, intimidate two, I think. And uh, he chose to Kano and burn me down. So with two blues in hand, I think I chose to take 10 in order to deal 11 when I could have maybe dealt six and you know taken right. taken five or six or something like that right um it seemed like a favorable damage trade at the time except that it's against wizard so i chose to put myself in that situation of it being you know 10 life to three or whatever instead of it being you know 15 life to eight or mm -hmm. whatever it would have been so that was a decision i made um that i'm not sure if it was the correct one and allowed him to stir forked me um even if I had survived that play, I would have been on pretty low life, and he probably would have gone on to win anyway. But um, trying to think outside the realm of his like hot draw, right? You know what decisions could I make? Um, you know around luck, right? right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, those are just two things I kind of thought about in the in the lane of this article. So if that kind of thing interests you, go check out that Tower Number Nine article. It's like uh, very well put. Yeah. Shout out to Kingsley. Yeah. Great job. Hell yeah. Um, is there anything that you would like to talk about in this line or save it for later? Or? No, we'll, we'll save it for our skirmish talk. Oh, which we're about to, which we're getting into. Right. Segway. <laughs> oh, God. Get, oh, it it feels segue. like we haven't done a podcast in a long time. Yeah, but it kind of yeah, does. Yeah, definitely huh? not. You, you haven't been <laughs> oh, on it. It's because the last episodes. one was remote. Oh, yeah. We did it. Yeah. Which was like, Totally. Good soda pop. Yeah. Okay. Yum, yum, yum. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk about... <laughs> num, num, num. Let's talk about skirmishes. All right. And that sort of thing. So, if for some reason you don't know, the LSS uh, gave the okay for stores to put on webcam events in Discord with prize support from LSS. So, it's participatory prize support. You don't have to win to get prizes the majority of the time. You just like are added in a drawing and LSS sends you like a cold foil or a play mat or something. Totally. And a lot of the stores offer up lesser or similar prizes for first place or yeah. top eight. Yeah, um, to, to get people in and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it uh, that's what we've been playing in is those events and they've ranged from you know 32 people to 125 i think i was in uh one on like a tuesday <laughs> like a tuesday oh, afternoon yeah. <laughs> and there was like a million people there it was crazy um which is uh really cool it was it's really cool to see that many people playing flesh and blood and to see a lot of the same faces like my friend I would call you my friend Christian. Um, he plays Mechanologist, and I've played him in like three of the eight events I've been in and stuff. Um, really cool dude. Yeah, definitely a well, not small, but you know, you you see faces over and over. Yeah. it's like a tight community. Um, yeah, totally. So I, I guess at the top, before we break down like the meta and the gameplay, what I would like to say is how cool everybody has been. You know. Everybody has been, the majority has been really nice, um, and the majority of people have been really friendly, and those have been all of my favorite games, is playing against someone who was 
nice and friendly and down to joke and was cool. You know, those have been my favorite. Like Sean was one of those people. Um, uh, Jesse from Fab Cracks, right? He was really cool. Also, um, you know, Arthur, Mr. Chocolate, like those people were really fun to play with and, and were really cool people, regardless of outcomes. You know? Yeah, everybody is really chatty in the lobby and uh, very friendly. And a lot of people you play, like even, I mean, everybody gets kind of like bitter or tilted when they lose suddenly or are disappointed in themselves. And even if you could see that somebody's like, ah, shit, you know, pretty bummed about that loss, everybody's like, a great sport about it or everybody that i've played right. it's been a really good sport about it and like just psyched to be playing and like psyched for you and you know yep yeah it's all good kind of attitude yeah totally. which is great yep um so yeah let's see where we transition to so what let's talk about what we've played the whole skirmish which and then, characters yeah yeah and then we'll get into like kind of how that affects the meta or our thoughts on that. So the majority of the time, what did you play? Um, I only played Brute. Boom. <laughs> Club Brute. Um, and I I kind of... So I just kind of made the best deck I thought in general for the meta. Um, and I did pretty well in my first skirmish. Or, you know, fairly well. Top quarter of the players. Um and then after that, I tweaked that deck for further events, kind of to test it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and brought, like, uh, worse or kind of gimmicky brute decks, but trying to figure out, like, what works and what doesn't. Because these skirmishes are, like, really good for testing and learning about different the different dynamics of your cards. Right. Um, so, uh, for me, per- I never played Claws. Um, claws are my favorite in Constructed, but I think Club is better... Um, at least for my brain in Blitz. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that it? Yeah. On to you. Oh, okay. oh yeah, you've switched it up a bit. Which, yeah. which characters have you been? So I played once as Dorinthia, and that went okay. Um, I think if I had, you know, I just played the meta deck and felt bad about it afterwards. Because if you are out there playing Warrior... Um, I don't know if you run into this, but any time I like went up against someone, they're like, oh, warrior, huh? And then you win and, and they're like, cool, great game, attack reaction, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're just like, oh, man, I feel bad right now, even though it's it's fun to win. So, But you should, I mean, you should be able to play warrior. Yeah, totally. But and nobody should give you shit. They're not. They're it just not, is demoralizing to play against. Totally. It is. It totally is. And it felt like a non-honorable thing to do to play Dorinthia. So I stopped doing that. (laughs) So then I switched over and I played the, I played Kasai, which is basic, is kind of the same thing and had mixed results with that. Um, And I also tried Cavdane once (laughs) and I got spanked like hard. Like, upsettingly hard. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I have a podcast. This is embarrassing, you know? Um, Were you promoting our podcast to your... No, as I, your op- I, I your stayed quiet. Yeah. <laughs> shit this is somebody else's list they came up with. I don't... I, I lost a bet, you know? <laughs> uh, but the majority of my events, I played Runeblade. And 
felt better about that and it was much more fun that's my favorite hero and um it was okay playing like a tier two deck most of the time you know um i definitely threw a bit of a a fit (laughs) in our last the final event we were in uh just lost two right away and lost one on like a bad mistake lost to a razor kadachi nice that's great love it (laughs) totally and i and i didn't even think of that line and should have thought of it and i think would have given myself a chance to actually win it was just a weird situation where my opponent had no arcane barrier and was at we were both at two life and i wanted to use my final uh block on my skull cap going to one and then turning off their skull cap to like push through an extra damage if needed and so i didn't block the first kadachi and he had one resource up one card in hand and just uh razored me for the win catch you deep yeah totally and i could have blocked and that was the hard part yeah. that was the like really upsetting part is i just could have blocked um so i kind of lost it for a second there <laughs> <laughs> but then i was fine uh wound up doing actually pretty good in that tournament so so yeah i played like uh librarian viscerai so i stole and tweaked a deck list from fab unofficial he's a, a content creator he interviews matt rogers so if you've watched the matt rogers videos he's the guy interviewing him and he had like a viscerai deck that played all of the tomes uh arc knight tome two copies Tome of Fendal, two copies, and Gorgonian Tome, and Sutcliffe's notes. So there would be some turns where you would just do paperwork. Yeah, totally. <laughs> if, you're, if you would list bookkeeping as a hobby, or believe that the pen is mightier than the sword, I think this build is for you. I think this deck is hilarious. It's so cool, because you can go Sutcliffe's notes, so you can go Gorgonian Tome, draw a card, right? Which I did do this. I played all tomes in one turn. So I played, I started Gorgonian Tome, drew a card, played Tome of Findals from Arsenal with Mage Master Boots, drew two more cards, played Sutcliffe's Notes, revealed some attacks and non-attacks, reordered them, played Tome of the Arc Knight, drew two cards, and then I like swung it, you know, it was like a 18 damage turn or something like that with Rune Chant, you know, like plus the Rune Chance putting it to 18. It was awesome. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I won that game or not. I like blacked out after that and like messaged Colin right away. Like tournament's going okay, but I did play every tome in one turn. So I feel like I've won. <laughs> the bureaucracy is up and running. Now. Yeah, totally. Paper cuts. Anyway, so that deck was really cool. And then I played another kind of mid-rangey deck that was just like kind of the big attacks and, and pummels and that sort of thing. Um, and I still think, I think that deck was a bit better for sure. And my, my takeaway for Runeblade this is a hot take. I put this on discord and it didn't start like the biggest discussion I thought ever, but Sutcliffe's notes better than read the runes. That's my hot take. Nice. Crickets. Yeah. Or maybe I'll put some explosions there. <laughs> I'll go, I'll go put an explosion. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So Yeah. So then let's talk about the let's talk about the meta, right? Sure. Okay, so there's like uh, we just went through all of the decks that had won, not top aided, 
in it, it is I don't know who has more wins, Ira or Dorinthia, but that's it. Since yeah. since yeah. February, that was those were all the decks that won. And uh, Kano has a couple wins. One, one, I think. I think it's just I think Colin and one other guy won a maybe, skirmish. Maybe. I think there's like two Kano wins. Shout out to the people's champion, Colin. Yeah, what's up, Colin? The fifth battle, bro. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> or like, crickets. Thanks for that. That's good. At the yeah. wizard too. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, so we kind of talked before the podcast, and we think you know. Okay, so this is this is what I would start off with. Is I think it sucks that it's just Dorinthia and Ira. You know that there's has there was not a shift to beat those decks really. Right. You know. I mean, you see, like, you know, Guardian maybe beats Dorinthia, but the Ira matchup's pretty tough, so you don't see that. Um, Kano is a hot candidate. It's just so difficult to play. But, um, I mean, I would list that deck as, like, tier one, but it's just, you just have to be a Kano expert. Otherwise, you're, yeah. like, well, down in the... And going back to, like, what you said about luck, I mean, luck in Kano kind of... Totally. You're top decking all the time. I mean, there's yeah. going to be a luck element to it. Um, in the, the tournament Colin won, though, he did not go undefeated in Swiss. I think he went... Four and two. Four and two, but got his losses late. And then won, mm-hmm. won in the top eight. So... You know, he didn't hit every time, but managed to... And not, yeah. not saying he would do that every tournament or anything, but, you mm-hmm. know, um, still have a chance at 4-2 and two to get those late losses. Yeah. Well, I think it just goes to how consistent those two decks are. I mean, between um, just Ira being able to pump out, like, 6-7 damage or, you know, on the second swing. So it's, like, 8 damage, 9 damage every turn. Just consistently, just like a drum beat is, like... And very easy to pick up and play. Um, yeah. And then Warriors got the advantage of, like, one, a huge amount of equipment blocks, and two, like, probably being able to just eat in inexperienced players in the beginning. Just, like, if because Warrior's kind of unique in the way that you have to block it compared to a lot of other characters. Yeah, And if totally. you're not familiar with it and you're just, like, blocking evenly, thinking you're doing okay, and, yeah, you're just going to get munched. So... Yeah, I think could, Warriors got a big advantage there getting through the field. Yeah, definitely. Because if if you're new to the game and you're like, huh, Warrior, huh? And then you're just like, I guess I'll block here. And then you get punished, you know? Yeah. And so it seems like a lose-lose situation. If I don't block, I take damage. If I do block, I take damage for sure. And it definitely is a deck that preys on that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, and we talked about this in the past. The uh you know, the, the difficulty in beating this Ira deck and this tall Dorinthia deck and maybe Kano, but even just those two is, like, really tough. You know, so I found that... So, like, my original Brute deck, you know, I got, like, 15th out of 64 or whatever, which is, like, pretty great. But my matchups against Ira and Dorinthia are, like, not particularly strong. So then the next tournament I came with, like, a control Brute deck to, like, beat Dorinthia... Which, yeah. like, it would have been a pretty strong matchup. But I, like, played Kasai's and Ira's and Claw's Brutes and like, <laughs> I think about, like, three and four or something. I don't know. Yeah. It was, like, not that great. And I didn't see a single Dorinthia. Um, yeah. In, like, one skirmish, I saw three Wizards in a row. Yeah. You know? It's just, like... And, like, and then my last tournament, I brought, like, I was, like, all right, well, I got to be able to beat other decks also. So I brought, like, 
a more aggressive like pummel brute to try to like fish cards out of Dorinthia's hand, you know? Yeah. Um, which against Dorinthia's, I went like I won one, lost one. Um, actually, that Barkbone game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it just still was not good enough to like beat everybody I came across. So like nobody's. It seems that nobody's solved this problem, right? Of like beating both of those top tier decks. Yeah. You can kind of like craft to maybe beat one of them. Yeah, if you're not playing Dorinthia or Ira. Yeah. Like we yeah. see that with Runeblade, right? Like Runeblade gets some top eights. Yeah. Or even wins one. But it's like the, the OTK build, right? And it's if if you wind up playing mostly Iras, if it's an Ira heavy, then that deck does really well. But it has a, a much harder time against uh, Dorinthia. And then like is basically a like 80-20 loss rate to Wizard. You know, so then mm-hmm. if there's like plenty of competent wizards, you're like done for. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, who do you think is the dark horse to to upset this trend? Well, we still like Kino, yeah. but there needs to be more. There needs to be more excellent Kino players to force the field to tilt. You yeah. know, because yeah. it's like even if you like if you're a good Dorinthia player. And there's like one or two good Kano players in a 6,400 player tournament. It's right. like you're not going to like change your deck. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's kind of like what we saw in the opening of the scrimmage season where people had over adjusted to Kano and then not many showed up. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Or like that happened at the calling, right? Is that they people thought there would be more wizard represented than there was and there was just like more Ira, you know? And yeah, it's totally like. If either Dorinthia or Ira had to, like, if they knew there was like one really good uh, wizard player, like, we know there's like uh, Tower Number Nine is a really good warrior player. Rob, shout out to Rob, Delorean Dropouts, really good warrior player. Dante from Canada is like a really good Ira player, I believe. Like, if there was one of those in the mix who was, like, a Kano player, no shade on you, Colin. Yeah, besides Colin. You mean, yeah. <laughs> I got you, Colin. <laughs> uh, like, consistently top-aiding and stuff. Right. Or potentially beating them. Then they would have to change their decks a little bit. And then that would maybe open up the field a little bit more if they had to, like, put in, who knows what, Irina's Prayer, more blues, uh, something like that, you know? Yeah. Just, like bring their power level down a little bit so maybe then guardian sneaks in because of all their blues they do a little bit better against kano less defense reactions yeah and can like maybe stop dorinthia you know that i think that's kind of one of the more surprising things is that on paper bravo looks like a great matchup for dorinthia and should just like dethrone her but that's like not many, the case. Too many iras. Too many iras. Is what I think, you know. Yeah. And, like, we've seen some Bravos top eight and that sort of thing. But the I think also the nature of it being a webcam online thing and it still being 30 minutes when there's sometimes technical difficulties or whatever. You know, the game just has to go slower because yeah. you have to read everything tell them everything you know etc you can't just like play your cards and your opponent can see and know in that sort of thing that perhaps bravo strategy 
which is a little bit longer of a game plan, um, has a harder time in right. 30 minutes. Getting yeah, a draw is a short amount of time. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, getting a draw is like really bad. So not being able to comfortably play out that guardian strategy. Is... Yeah. There's a lot of times you're just sitting and swinging hammers and. Yeah. Yeah. Block. Also, I've seen like a number of brutes and I've been pretty steadily beating guardian with brute. Which kind of surprises me, but maybe in Blitz, that's also not a great Guardian matchup. Yeah. I don't know, just the more more bad matchups, <laughs> the rougher it gets. Yeah, definitely. And and I think part of it, too, is like, you can just see anything at these really big skirmishes, you know? When they get smaller, it's like just Iras and Dorinthias. But when they're really big, you get paired against someone who's like playing something weird. And you're yeah. like, dang, how do I play against this? And they, you like get a loss round one, you know, or something like that. When you're like more prepared to play some other stuff. And part of that is because it's like a participatory event. Yeah. You know, skirmishes. Yeah, it, it gets really fun. I've had some wild things happen to me that I've told you. Like, yeah. so I had a KO hit on Command and Conquer and then like pummel it. <laughs> So that goes. Okay, you've told, maybe, told me that story like th- five times. <laughs> today. And, it's, and it's funny every time because it's so incredible. Yeah, it's so sick. And then, uh, God, I don't know. I've had a bunch of like really funny. Oh, I one Dash player played Goliath Gauntlet Pursuit of Happiness Pummel Pursuit for of 10. Knowledge. Or yeah, Pursuit of Knowledge 10. Okay. That was also hilarious. I don't know. It's just <laughs> players great. are playing pretty fun yeah. things out there. Yeah, and that's one of the appeals, I think, for sure, of the skirmish. Um, but it's also really hard to like want to be a tier two player with a tier two deck <laughs> to try to eke into like you know the top ten, even top fifteen. Yeah, was definitely. was tough. Yeah. So what what advice do you think you'd have? Like, what do you think the weaknesses are in Iron Dorinthia that could be exploited as a tier two player? How do we pop this bubble? Well, I think our getting to deal arcane damage to Dorinthia and having pummels is effective, yeah, right? So Dorinthia that's why is I, not that, running attack reactions. Basically, or, yeah, they're not running defense reactions. Sorry, that's what I mean. Yeah, and a well, lot of times they'll just block with their equipment. You know, mm-hmm. so what I found is they'll just take whatever rune chance I have and just block with equipment to hold onto their cards. And so then if I just pummel them, then they do have to get rid of a card, and that's a little bit easier to handle. Sure. Um, and they block for the exact amount, so they, they do usually more block, damage. block for the exact amount, yeah. So that that has been pretty good, but the issue with that is, <clears throat> excuse me, is just like it's still a really tough matchup as a, as a Runeblade player, you know. And then the... As like mid-range rune blade, uh, Ira's just really good, and it's just really hard. But now that they're a bit more aggressive because drone's gone, and they've put in like another red card that just goes away, you can kind of catch them with all red hands and kind of have like a, a runaway turn for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's still really hard to have to deal with Kadachi, Kadachi for two, Torrent of Tempo, you know. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, like combo decks like Claw's Brute or like some type of Guardian buildup mm-hmm. could like destroy Ira just in 
Uh, I don't play Guardian, so I don't know. But just in Blitz, though, mm -hmm. I find there's just like not enough breathing room for a Claws Brute combo deck. Um, you know, that's the strategy that I would think would win. But yeah, it's just like not like if we all had 25 health mm -hmm. or 30, you know, it's like you could do it. Yeah, but it's just like Kadachi for one, Kadachi for two, like pokes you full of holes. Yeah. Like pretty quickly. You go down to 17, you go down to 14. You're yeah. just like on the clock. I mean, Wizard is really, I think, the answer is that there's definitely some folks out there who I see are always playing Wizard, you know, and they're like yeah. getting better and stuff. But, you know, if you only play in one skirmish every weekend, you get like five games in, you know, and then yeah. over a whole month, you know, you've gotten in, you know, 20 games, which is still like not enough to be an expert wizard player yeah, you need a lot of reps at wizard yeah yeah totally um yeah colin's been playing exclusively wizard for yeah. a few months it's a good call i mean and, it's a whole different mindset to be in yeah 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 um, totally and the play patterns are way different but benji benji's the answer <laughs> i play benji i love benji <laughs> totally dane so shout fun. out to the attack action or not the attack action podcast outcast havens podcast <laughs> the number two flesh and blood podcast in america as our listeners know we're the number one podcast having done better in the podcast challenge that's not much of a shout out but well but shout out to dane for killing it with benji yeah for killing it with benji <laughs> all those other guys though blake and jason and stuff <laughs> you're number two guys <laughs> i don't think they listen to our podcast i listen to theirs so email me or send me a message if you guys are listening. Because <laughs> y'all are number two. There we go. They like trash talk. They talk a lot of trash on their podcast. Not to us, but just they, in they don't general. trash talk us. No. They mentioned us once. I was kind of uh, upset. Sorry, this is a tangent, you know. All right. We're just but, recording, so. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, anyway. That's that's yeah. No, we're, not getting, we're not going to get into it. Here, <laughs> you know. Our secret rivalry continues. All right. feud. What do we got next? Uh, I don't know. What do you got? Um, well, I was going to say a few things just about the Blitz skirmish game structure in general, if you want to move on to that. Is there anything else about the meta or the... No, I mean, we did kind of list what, the, what we thought the tier of decks were and that sort of thing, but... Do you want to just rattle them off? Yeah, so we, we were in a consensus on tier one is definitely Dorinthia and Ira and Wizard if played yeah. properly. On the periphery. Mostly yeah. not Wizard though, because not enough. Yeah. Sorry, all Wizard players, but so maybe Wizard is like tier three if you just yeah. like aren't. Well, it's also proficient. just the field, like how many Iras and Dorinthias fifty percent of the field, Kano's ten percent. Yeah. Totally. The fact that it still gets to the top eight. Yeah. It's pretty puts good. Puts it up there. Yeah, yeah definitely. Totally. And then tier two is Runeblade, Brute, Kasai, Bravo, maybe Benji, you know. Benji! <laughs> Those are kind of the tier <laughs> yeah, two decks. No shade on Benji. There's just not a lot of Benji yeah. players. Um, but maybe Benji's tier three, you know. Those, so those are the decks that, like, consistently make, have made top eight multiple times but never won, you know. And then everything else is... Did you say Viserai in there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Runeblade's tier two. And then like tier three, right? Benji, everybody else, Katsu, and then tier four is like Data Doll, Cavdane, Shiana, you know, Azalea. 
yeah, Zalea is probably a little bit better than those decks, though. So maybe yeah, tier three. Fair but, enough. But yeah, Kotsu, whatever. Yeah, tier yeah, three. Yeah, 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 totally. So that's kind of where we would rank those decks. No offense to anybody who runs those decks, but no props, really. I mean, yeah, totally. It's like yeah. fun to play the character you love and to get better. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just that's the result so far. Yep, totally. Exactly. Speaking of, um, one thought I would like to share about skirmish season is um, going into this, I had. Pretty much, exclu- well, not exclusively, but mostly played Azalea and Constructed mm-hmm. and um, had less practice with Brute and had not so much Blitz practice. Um, so from the start of the season to the end of it, I've le- learned quite a bit of nuance on how Brute plays, especially in this low life um, format. And, uh, you know, as with playing Azalea before that, um, you just learn it like... It takes so many reps and such a long time to like get truly good with your character right like that's why you know tower number nine is so good with dorinthia i mean because he's a good player yeah but because he he's only playing that character and he's <laughs> like tweaking and learning about it and learning his matchups and his cards and just really focusing on that like honestly you this game is too complex to you know play even play dash for a month and then play wizard for a month and you know you'll learn quite a bit and you'll get better with those characters but if you spend many months playing with one character and uh getting your deck and play and matchups really dialed you'll be significantly better yeah i think it does help to dabble for sure and i know tower is like i think he's moved over to katsu now for at least constructed maybe or something but right but yeah uh you put the game rewards you for reps yeah uh for sure and um yeah i felt like i had another point on top of that but maybe I'll, it'll come back to me here um and i i was just gonna say i mean skirmish or blitz is like so great in so many ways because it's like accessible new players can play um it's logistically a lot easier because of the webcam setup and time limits and all that um you have to collect less cards especially for players who are looking for crucible cards and all that and it so it has like a lot of uh benefits um to it yeah i i guess the upsetting part is it didn't feel like there was any way to shake up the the top tier lists Right, that it's like it feels like the meta is pretty solved, and right. that was maybe the kind of bummer part. Oh, that's that's the other thing I was going to talk about, is that for us, you know, the Battle Bros Quartet, like we've actually played a lot of Flesh and Blood leading up to this, yeah, because the four of us can get together and play all of the time. But what I realized is, is because we play each other so much, we're really good at playing the player, not the deck. That's what I found early on in skirmishes i was like well that's not what mitch or isaac would do this is a weird (laughs) play how do i handle this i don't know what they're gonna do you know and so getting to play a bunch of other people i i got better at playing just generally flesh and blood you know right like like playing anybody you don't know yeah totally their signature moves are yeah i'm i'm better at playing the game now for sure even though we've been playing it since you know uh spring october yeah for like a whole year maybe almost like i think we got into it in january or something or i mean july maybe 
Oh, maybe not. Or just, August just or something. Me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that brings me to what I was going to... And this is like, you know, not trying to be negative or throw shade on the game at all. Like, we love this game very much. Um, but I did find that... Uh, just this <clears throat> Blitz format as it stands, like I'm really excited for Monarch to come out and shake things up because just from what I observed, I felt like Blitz um, made certain aspects or cards or mechanics unbalanced or a little bit too powerful. Like uh, large sets of armor have a huge impact because you have like 30% more health, you know, not like a fifth more health. Right. And, uh, you know, in a constructed game, when you get down to 20 health or 10 health, you don't have all of your armor left to, like, take a blow for a momentum swing. Or if you do, you'll probably have less life, right? Um, so things like huge amounts of armor or kadachis, especially Ira's kadachi, you know, they swing in for 5% of your life every time in Blitz. Whereas in constructed, they're still very effective. Katsu's still very good, or ninja in general. But it feels a little bit more balanced. Um, and there's like a number of other things like Sigil is a staple just because it regains you such a high percentage of your life. Um, yeah. And, you know, these are again, I'm not saying the game is just like broken or unfun or anything. It's just like to to me, from what I've observed, it doesn't feel, you know, very balanced. Like in constructed certain decks like Control Dash, etc., do shine and are stronger than other decks, but it seems like more characters are more viable or the playing field is a little more level compared to um, what we've seen from this skirmish season in Blitz. And again, that's not like, I'm not trying to like say it, it sucks or it was like, it's great. Yeah. But I, I'm I, like looking forward to Monarch coming in yeah. and shaking things up and improving and hopefully like leveling a little bit more of the playing field because only like, two out of 12 characters or maybe three being uh viable whatsoever to to overall just win yeah yeah um is like less characters than you'd like in every card game there's imbalance right but it'd be nice if like five or six were more valuable yeah totally. or, or seven or eight or even you know. four if there were right. four like if the top tier was four decks that would be cool you right. know and it does seem like the rumor that blitz was uh, supposed to be a format for Monarch, once Monarch was out, it really does feel like that. You know, yeah. that there's some piece missing to kind of, I don't know, round out this format. Yeah. And um, on the most recent session, Blood, they had an interview with one of the creators, Jason Chung. Um, and he made a point about they really like where Ira is because it's. Um, a competitive deck that newer players can play, which is like an excellent point and uh, gives a good perspective from their side of things. Um, I would argue that it's a little bit over overly powerful or overbalanced because like honestly, like a fairly newer Ira player can beat an expert, you know, brute or guardian or Kasai player you know, fairly often, despite one player being an expert for months and one player being fairly new. And again, um, I know making the game accessible is very important, but um, to me, that's a little bit, a little bit too much. Yeah, and that does not bother me. I yeah. think it's totally fine because it would, it. I mean, 
either way you slice it, it sucks. You know, veteran veteran players, um, you know, kind of getting beat by newer players maybe kind of stinks. But as that newer player, when I put my my uh, put myself in their shoes, like what a great experience that is. You know, is to be able to like start a game. And if you want to be competitive, you can with something that's accessible. And, you know, as a business model, if you can get more players into your game, you can sell more product, et cetera, you know. Yeah, so it makes definitely. sense. Yeah. But I understand your frustrations. I just also don't think it is uh, an issue for me. Totally. And it's all, I mean, Monarch's coming out in three weeks. Yep. Doesn't matter. Who cares? None of what I said matters. <laughs> totally. Do we have anything else we want to talk about in Skirmish before we get to these juicy spoilers? Maybe. What do you Let's got, Mitch? No, I just I just wanted to stall some more for time. Just, oh, to, make, okay. just to build up the intensity here. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I think just like one little note, just about Blitz in general, is I think you have to get out of like the four-card hand mentality. I think you really need to think about two card hands, maybe three card hands. And like, that's where the power of like, say Ira is super good. With two cards, you pitch a blue, two Gadachis, three damage, and then another card, say Torn of Tempo, yeah. five damage. I mean, it's just, you have to change your thinking to when you're building your deck yep. to get the most efficiency out of a small amount of cards. Totally, and Warrior with a blue and a hit and run can swing for three and then four if right. you would like to keep your hand to swing back, which is just, Great yeah. value. Yeah, you know? that's the adjustment that, like, Brute, you know, like, it, you want to do the big four-card thing because it's really cool. You intimidate a bunch and you smash them, but, you know, it, how you can't take that big hit to get there because, you know, then you're just going to be way off balance with the life and they can just spend their life to get you. Totally. You know. Oh, speaking of Brute, um, <laughs> I'm going to, I shouldn't announce this before I do it. But, well, now it's going to put you on blast, so you got to do it. Um, on our youtube channel or facebook page um i was gonna do a brute like a for beginner players uh how to play brute just because a lot of players are like oh i suck with brute or it's hard to play or whatever at least out of the welcome to wraith characters um so i was going to release a video here pretty soon not like breaking brute but talking about some of the issues and strategies um you run into playing that class just like a general so if you watch my, you know, whatever, 20-minute video, um, hopefully it'll jumpstart you a little bit into playing the class. Because it, man, it's like pretty clunky <laughs> till you like figure out how the mechanics flow. You yeah, know? There, there's a timing aspect to it. I think that might be reflective of how the field is. It's like Ira and Dorinthia are pretty much like you attack every turn with what you have where, say, Kano and Brute and Guardian is more like a two-turn or three-turn mentality yeah. for how you build up an attack. And yeah. I think that... Rootblade's kind of like that, too, is, for sure. ...is very difficult on the player's just mind and patience and everything to, to hold that strategy and actually do it when you got huge attacks coming at you. Yeah, and, yeah, and you have to pick your moments. And mm -hmm. in Blitz, if you pick one wrong moment, it can cost you the game. Yep. Yeah. But... Anyway, happy skirmish season, everyone. Happy skirmish we'll season. You, we'll see you next year. Next year. Okay, we're back. Moving into Monarch art spoilers. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. 
Um, which we'll be talking about the cards as well. But I had a few notes, um, things I noticed and appreciated that I would like to talk about about the art. Um, yeah, like so there's this? a there's an art preview, and you can go find that article on the main Flesh and Blood website. Right. Under Monarch Art Preview. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, do you have anything you want to open with about these spoilers to start? No, good, do this art, and then, and then I got... Oh, you just want to get to the cards? Yeah, I just want to get to the cards. All right, well, there are a few things I thought were pretty interesting about these spoilers. Um, so not only are there, like, you know, ghouls emerging from rifts and um, this classic, like, light versus dark theme. Right. Um, there's also a few uh, pictures they chose to include that I found pretty, pretty interesting of the whole world, like, indicating the whole world's in turmoil. And like uh, shifting alliances, you know, type of a theme. Sure. Like there's a there's this dwarf marching with humans. Maybe there's one of right now. All of a sudden, there's dwarves. Right. Are there elves too and gnomes? Right. right. Like there. In case anybody didn't know, there were not dwarves before. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> um, there's this picture of these uh, peasants in rebellion or some sort of uprising. And there's this picture of what looks like not a military, but just a a large group of uh, citizens in this kind of mass exodus from Solana under these this kind of dark clouds and moon. Do you think that card's called Exodus? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one other thing I noticed that I really liked, and I don't know if this is the case, but I really hope it is. Um, there's this artwork of this angelic um, knight surrounded by demon ghouls and her wings are, you know, powerful or flapping, holding them at bay. And it looks like she is cradling something. It's a it city. looks to me like the city of Solana, yeah. potentially, or a city. Yeah. Um, so who is this being? Is that and, Solana? And why is she cradling uh, the city of Solana in her hands? And where's the rest of the world? Or is this just symbolic artwork? What's happening? No idea. Um, I do like this um, this kind of theme of like deities are more represented here. Like there's the Zeus-esque character from Enlightened Strike represented again. Or you assume the same one. Um, and there is this... Uh, I don't know. Lava De ribcage? Yeah, <laughs> demon with wings with an eclipse and a lava waterfall in his chest. Um, which maybe he's not huge, but it, it seems like yeah, he's very yeah. large. So um, what's your point with this art? That it's cool? What are you annoyed by me? No, not at all. I'm just, uh, I'm just giving you guff. Oh, I was just uh, noticing things in it. Oh, okay. Obviously, blood tree barrier is the best. So I really like this picture. Um, it reminds me of uh, kind of like a Dark Souls theme. Mm -hmm. A lot of yeah. this art does. Yeah. Um, maybe partly because I really like both of these games. But it's like this kind of dark, um, desperate survival struggle. Right. Um, a lot of knights um, against ghouls type of theme. Also, did you see this little sigil where this knight's being attacked by this ghoul over here? 
and there's like a sigil tombstone in the background. Oh, cool. I did not yeah. notice that. Oh, I, I said something that piqued your interest. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. um, we got to get Yannick on here to, uh, to, to really break, break down. these down yeah, for us. Totally. But, um, you know, the whole the whole theme of this uh, art is really, really titillating. Um, as are the eyeballs in these uh, yeah, that's a red card. tendrils. That's a card we're going to get to for yep. sure. Totally. Oh, yeah. you were going to talk about those eyeballs? <laughs> yeah, totally. Fair enough, right. Eyeballs. Uh, Zoom eyeballs. Later. <laughs> okay. So. <clears throat> All right, to cards now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so this, we're recording this podcast on Monday, uh, 2 p.m. Pacific time. Um, so there might be another card spoiled or multiple by the time this podcast comes out. I'm going to try to get it out as soon as possible. So we don't have, uh, too many things we haven't talked about. So if you're wondering why we didn't talk about X, Y, or Z, it's because they weren't out yet by the time we talked about it. Yeah. But there's going to be a card spoiled every day. So by our next episode, there's going to be a million. Yeah, totally. Okay. So. Yeah, let's just talk individual cards and then I'll talk about Blood Debt and that sort of thing. So the first card we got is Eclipse Existence, right? Which is a Shadow Instant. It is a blue, so it pitches for three, costs zero. And it reads, whenever an attack you control hits a light hero, a light hero, (laughs) this turn, you may banish a card from their soul... If you do, they lose a life. If you have more life than an opposing light hero, you may banish an attack action card from your graveyard. Just an action card. That's what I meant. Sorry. We're the attack action podcast. You know, it's just like (laughs) that word pops in right before action. Okay. Bananas. What does this mean? So now we have like the word soul. And so is that... I think the the quickest place to go with that is that now your deck represents your hero's soul, right? Um, no. If you look at Ray of Light. Yeah. I did not take that. Oh, okay. Either. <laughs> cool. So um, t- tell me about Ray of Light, Mitch. Okay. So this one uh, got posted this morning. Oh, sorry, Ray of Hope. That's what I meant. Um, so this one is a yellow card, cost one. Uh Attacks you control have plus one while attacking a shadow hero this turn. If you have less health, life than an opposing shadow hero, put Ray of Hope into your hero's soul. Parentheses, put this card face up under your hero card. Oh, there it is. I didn't read that part. Wow. Right. So this, your soul is a new area to compile cards. And it seems that... uh, these blood debt cards. Oh, we haven't gotten there. We haven't yet. got there yet. But the shadow cards do not reference a shadow character's soul. Right. right? It seems that the they shadow... have like a banish zone, right? Right. Yeah. It seems they, they have a mechanic called blood debt, which we'll explain in a second, um, that utilizes cards out of your banish zone. Right. And the light characters seem to utilize a soul, a new area or stack of cards that's kept under your hero which also doesn't change playmats <laughs> yeah. so it looks like right off the bat okay there's light there's dark 
Um, looks like you have to choose one or the other, and right. it looks like all of these cards are accessible to every character. Yeah, these two. They're, they they have the C, the common rarity, so this light and shadow instant are common. And are generic. Well, they're light or shadow. Correct. But seem to be... It seems that you can play them in any... Do you think they're character specific? No, I'm just saying they're they're not generic. And that, I think, is important. Right? So it's like, you can't be... Potentially, right? Obviously, you can't be a shadow hero and have light cards. Correct. So, um, okay. So, really interesting. I think it's really crazy that there's going to be a whole new zone in the game. I wonder if there will be an alternative win condition because of that. You know? Like Like drain their soul or something. Maybe. Or, like, if they have nothing left in their soul maybe there is a powerful effect or if you have x things from your soul maybe there's a a powerful effect or something like that do you start with cards in your soul or not and we'll there's some cards that uh talk about those things or interact with that stuff that we'll get to here in a second but um because a lot of games have an alternate win condition right you can win this way or that way and that uh brings about more deck building options right so maybe that's the thing i'm not saying it is i don't actually think it is but it could happen oh yeah i i also don't think that there will be an additional win condition a lot of card games it's either win or mill and there's no mill in this game thankfully i hate mill (laughs) yeah and um because this is such a harsh dual game at its core I personally hope that there is not an additional win condition. Right. Um, all right, let's get to our next card, huh? All right. You guys have anything else you want to talk about those cards? No, this next one's big, though. You yeah. want to read it to us? Eclipse. <laughs> all right, well, first thing, spoiler, Legendary Shane Specialization. Or is it? It's Chain. I think chain. it's Chain. Chain. Yeah. So new uh, character. So new character. That's huge. Yeah. I don't know what class it is. Um all right, so the text reads, play Eclipse only if you have played six or more cards with Blood Debt this turn. If you have, you may play Eclipse from your banished zone. Create an Urser, the Soul Reaper token. So, lot to unpack Dun, there. dun, dun. Yeah, totally. Didn't know I wanted to create an Urser Soul Reaper token, but now that's all I want to do. Yeah, Flesh and Blood told you you want that. So. <laughs> yeah, totally. After seeing this card, it's also a blue shadow instant and costs zero. Um, uh, and yeah. it's a and it has the legendary keyword and is a legendary. All of these cards also that are spoiled, except for one, do not block. Right. Right, which yeah. was something I was going to talk about. Um, if you're brainstorming giant cool combos or whatever... I don't know. I'd love to catch you with a handful of instants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Shadow instants. Yeah. Um, what? What? Okay. For, who's Chain? Who's Chain? How does he get to play so many cards? <laughs> yeah. How Why? do you play six or more cards in a turn? Right. That's something that... Riddle me that. <laughs> that's my favorite part about this card is it talks about playing six or more cards with Blood Debt this turn. So it insinuates that you would banish cards to your banish zone with blood debt and probably be paying for them 
with life every turn, as we'll explain in a second. Well, let's talk. Then, since this references blood debt, let's just say it real quick. So, so then you can go on and it'll make more sense here. So blood debt is a new keyword on a different card, which we will get to. But blood debt, which I'm super into... I don't care. Give me the blood debt. If if I can cast Soul Soul I'll Reaper, I'll pay I'll pay all the blood debt to get this Reaper of Souls out there. Um, blood debt reads at the beginning of your end phase. If you have uh, this card in your banished zone, lose one life. Now this is specific to a uh, a card, so I don't know. It's Tome of Torrent, which we'll go back to the card we were talking about, but. So it says if Tome of Torrent is in your banished zone, lose a life at, at your end phase. So I don't know if all blood debts are the same. Well, going with keyword descriptions in the past, yeah. it would be. Yeah, but it, it could be. But just because it specifically mentions this, not if this card, right? It right. mentions the card specifically. So yeah. Which may be and just some their could wording. have higher debts than others. Right. Right. Oh. Dog noises. <laughs> okay, we're back again. Sorry, there's a, a dog, dog dog catastrophe. Dog noises mitigated. <laughs> which I may or may not leave in. Who knows? Um, anyway, so back to Eclipse. Um, so I find this card interesting because it requires you to have played six or more cards with Blood Debt this turn and play Eclipse, right? So that's a total of seven <laughs> cards this turn. Yeah. Which... Um, kind of indicates that you will banish cards, pay blood debts for them potentially, and then have this big turn where you play a bunch of them out of your banish zone or something similar to that to be able to play Eclipse and get Urser the Soul Reaper, which better be a pretty good token. <laughs> yeah, Christ Almighty. <laughs> it's like, because if you have that many Tomes of Torment in your banish zone, that's uh, like six. And right. six action points you need somehow. And it's going to take you more than one turn to get those six cards in there. So. Right, totally. So I guess there is a world where you could have an arsenal card, right? Three cards in hand. Play all of those. Pay for them. Yeah, or something. And then be able to play stuff from your banished zone to get there to be at six. Right. Um, but currently... The one card in your banish zone, Tome of Torment, which I will just read now, does not have go again. So Tome of Torment is a red shadow action. Pitches for one, costs zero. And it reads, you may play Tome of Torment from your banish zone, draw a card. And then it has blood debt at the beginning of your end phase. If it is in your banish zone, lose a life. And this is a majestic card, yep. indicating that it's fairly powerful. Even though at face value, like a lot of Majestics, it seems fairly underwhelming. Right. Yeah. So then it's like, well, you got to use this with Mage Master Boots just to draw a card. So, which is pretty good. Yeah, it nets you a card. Yeah, it nets you a card for nothing except for having lost you a life, potentially. And more. paying for Mage Master Boots and a piece of equipment. Yeah. So the, the toll is very high because... If you have two Tomes of Torment in your Banish Zone for three turns, you've lost six health. And your opponent hasn't had to do anything, you know. So, so Reaper of Souls better be freaking good. I also, so I really Attack like... Attack for 15. 
I really like this yeah. <clears throat> this name Urser the Soul Reaper because like initially it just sounds like a generic uh evil god name or whatever but um this Soul Reaper name could be um alluding to his ability to affect the, an, an opposing player light player's soul right you know yeah I mean, yeah, perhaps it, it seems like a high price to play this card to get this token. So it it's probably got to be very powerful. Like, right. so yeah. Zen State, right? To get a Zen State token is like pretty tough. Yeah. You know, and it's really good, though. It's really, really good. This is, in my opinion, yeah. a much harder thing to pull off and has to yeah. be like three times as good. This, this might be one of those like kind of chasing the dragon like the super impossible thing to actually pull off but would guarantee you a win practically yeah um kind of reminds you a little bit of like the huge eldrazi shit in magic mm-hmm. where like has like annihilator five and it's like a 12 12 like when it attacks you it like kills four of your cards <laughs> but like in magic there's like a two cost like vanish card that just like poofs it so maybe like you know there is something to balance it out mm-hmm um yeah yeah it might just be like way too expensive to pull this off we never we don't know but i would hope not because a lot of the majestics in this game um are not like overly powerful but are just good in their situation so that i mean this legendary card i would hope has some degree of utility I mean, obviously, it's going to be a big power play because of the wording. I think you're totally right about that. But um, just me personally, I would hope that it is a, uh, you know, a Utah card. Not well, just, uh, what's really interesting is that it's a legendary card that isn't a piece of equipment. Yeah, that's also significant. You know, I sure hope it doesn't become the meta. <laughs> just like so, the Arknight Shard. Well, that's a fabled card with oh, the legendary right, fair keyword, enough. Fair right? Enough. But still, same. same yeah, name. a pretty underwhelming card. Like, you don't need to play it to be uh, really good with a Viscerai deck. You know, who knows? Right. Maybe down the line it becomes critical. But um, that card, the um, Eclipse, is, you know, maybe much more powerful than Arcanite Shard is. And I don't know. It's just interesting that it is a legendary right and yeah you only need one but i mean currently you know legendaries are you know first edition stuff i don't know if that comes in any sort of foil it probably does because it's a legendary you know that's like thousands of dollars right hundreds of dollars for the unlimited one so if it is like a meta card that's going to kind of that's going to be really Suck. tough, you know, because it's Suck. it's in your deck. Unless there is some sort of soul for the shadow players and you get like a sideboard or something to put it in or, and then play it or whatever. Right. You mean to be shuffling that around. Yeah. You don't have to shuffle it <laughs> or, or whatever. I don't know. Um, yeah. And another thing is that as the character, as it, that's the character's specialized card, which means that, you know, maybe this character is only going to be playable in shadow right yeah i mean i would say yes 
100% probably that, which is really interesting. I do have thoughts on that. I've, I've written that down and I do want to talk about that. Um, but I also don't think it's going to make that character unplayable. Like Viscera is the one with a third uh, specialization, the Arc Knight Shard, um, but you don't need it. So I'm assuming that Chain is going to have two other specializations, not just e- Eclipse, right? Right, which... So those could be Majestics? Yeah, 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 probably. Like all the other specializations are in that Majestic slot. So then if you rock him or her Dark, you can use that Legendary specialization. But if you rock him or her Light, it's a different one. I don't know. Or maybe you don't rock characters Light and Dark like we're assuming. Yeah, totally. But... Well, let's get into the... Oh, go ahead, Mitch. I was going to say, yeah, the next card, very similar discussion, Doomsay. Yep. How about you read that one to us, Isaac? All right. It's a blue uh, shadow instant. Doesn't block again. Cost zero. <laughs> um, it's legendary Levia specialization, or mm-hmm. some alternate pronounce, pronunciation of yeah. that name. Yeah. Um, play Doomsday only if there are six or more cards with blood debt in your banished zone. Create a Blasmafet, the Soul Harvester token. Another soul reference. Yeah. Uh, again, didn't know I wanted a Blasphemet, but now I gotta have one. <laughs> so I definitely want to see what that happened, what that's all about as well. Also talking about a lot of souls here. <laughs> totally. I mean, we're reaping souls, we're harvesting souls. Like, who's growing the souls? <laughs> this stupid <laughs> Is there light a soul heroes. cultivator? Is yeah. there a... <laughs> no, just each of us. Each person's grown one. Yeah, I mean, it is a giant mountain of skulls, so that's... Totally. This is that card where there's, like, tentacle eyeballs happening mm-hmm. that you were you were talking about in the art preview. And, I mean, it's not only skulls in there. There are these uh, fiendish, ghoulish, zombie, I don't know, whatever, creatures swimming around or trying to climb or escape, but buried in this mountain of souls yeah. that is topped or by skulls. this throne. Yeah. Oh, yeah, skulls. Did I say skulls? You said souls. Yeah, well, no, they're connected to the souls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, incredible. I, I, love the, I love the direction all of these things are going in. Like, again, I'm not sure about a legendary spe- specialization. That's, like, pretty tough. I'm pretty excited about these two new shadow characters. Um, I definitely want to play them. <laughs> uh, and so my point is, is maybe we're going to have new classless heroes, but they're faction-based, right? That Chain and Levia are shadow heroes. So then they can only play generic cards? I don't know. So you think there's going to be two light specialized heroes? There might be, yeah. That you don't have to be... Uh, Maybe they're not rune blades or wizards or warriors or something, but they're just shadow heroes or villains or something. I don't know. Hmm. So then how does light and shadow work for regular characters? I'm not sure. That's like the biggest question, I think, after these spoilers, is how do I get a play? Dorinthia, dark Dorinthia, light Dorinthia? Can Viscerai be a light hero, right? right? And will there be, like, light or shadow ranger cards right? that I can play in shadow ranger or light ranger? 
Or are the light and shadow cards only generics that you then splash in depending on which way you go with that character? Yeah. And how do you dictate if you can be either to your opponent? Right. right? Like, is there a different card now that I'm going to play or something like that, you know? And um, when do you reveal that when you go to play an opponent? Yeah, totally. And, and what does that mean <laughs> totally. in terms of the game? Yeah, um, that's a good point, Mitch, because... Uh, Back to Ray of Hope here. I mean, this card is clearly to combat uh, shadow heroes, right? You would probably not want this in your deck playing against a fellow light hero. Yeah, so, and is that a thing? Can you do that? I mean, I would hope so. We all like to battle each other. <laughs> right. But um. so anyway, it would seem that, I mean, I don't know, but that you would reveal your light or shadow affiliation along with your hero so that yeah. the, you could then sideboard Ray of Hope in or out, which then leads to the uh, theory that we have even more sideboard considerations now, not only for our seven different matchups, but also <laughs> for our light and dark board well, matchups. Wait, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, getting into the role-playing aspect, like you see this guy coming at you, he's either like, got horns and red eyes or there's like <laughs> rays of sunshine and butterflies floating around him like you might be able to just see that you know and there seems to be no in between judging by the yeah. art <laughs> yeah i i just really would like there to be options for all heroes to be light or dark right i would not want to be limited like dorinthia is my light hero you know etc totally i really like specialization in games like in Star Wars Destiny, you could be a, a evil deck or a good deck yeah. or a neutral, right? Or whatever. Sure. What was it called? Like bounty hunter, the yellow yeah, deck. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're like either force users or you're the military, oh, good right. or bad, right? right or right. you're like scoundrels. I mean, yeah, you could have your deck be good or bad or neutral. In um, Legend of the Five Rings, you can splash in. 10 cards from any other faction yeah which i find i just find all of those uh those different types of uh splashing or specializing makes uh you know your deck building way more interesting so yeah. i hope i personally hope that how we've been talking about it is how this mechanic works or similar to it yeah i really just want the option to be evil dorinthia yeah you know obviously also uh, you know the attack action podcast battle bros uh we are now obviously affiliated with the uh shadow side of this conflict i'm just throwing that out there oh easy there yeah well <laughs> i knew so i know me isaac and troy are probably into it but you mitch are contrarian and you would just probably be light side if we all wanted to be dark side well i get more cards that way <laughs> <laughs> I'm also on the fence, but of course Shadow is much more appealing. Especially because my my main Lady Azalea is a an assassin from the pits and not too fond of the oppressive Solana. Totally. Yeah. F that shiz. <laughs> Let's get to another card, shall bad, we? Bad Dory can come, yeah. come hang out with yeah. me. <laughs> so we've already kind of talked about Tome. Yep, totally. Another, you know, draw card Tome action here, but... Uh, another piece of artwork that was spoiled in the art uh, preview is Celestial Cataclysm. Basically, Enlightened Strike 
2.0. It's a yellow strip, so it pitches for two, costs zero, attacks for seven, because it's a light attack action, defends for three. It's a majestic, and it reads, as an additional cost to play Celestial Cataclysm, banish three cards from your hero's soul. Go again. That's what we need. We need a light and strike that pitches for more value, costs less to play, <laughs> and automatically has go again, and attacks for more. And that's, still, that's what the game needed. It still blocks for three for some reason. Yeah, love it. Super good card. Love so it. That's going to be the meta. It was sure. underpowered if it blocked for two, though, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally garbage in your deck if it blocks for two. Um, I, I don't know how high of a cost banished three cards from your hero's soul is going to be. You know? I mean... This card is extremely good, depending on how detrimental that is, right? Because now you can go Enlightened Strike for seven, Celestial Cataclysm for seven, something else, you know? And um, And that only costs you two cards. Well, three, I guess. The only indication of the difficulty, you know, how difficult it is to put cards into your soul is Ray of Hope. Right. right, which costs one, only gives attacks uh, this turn plus one against a shadow player, mm-hmm. and then you can put it into your soul. So it seems, just based on this, it seems that uh, putting cards into your soul is fairly difficult, mm. which makes it sound like this Cataclysm card is fairly expensive. Yeah, So, so maybe is that the thing, right? Is that as a shadow player, you're going to be trying to get cards banished? And as a light player, you're going to be trying to play cards to put cards into your soul to then use them to play cards like Celestial Cataclysm, right? right? So you maybe start with zero soul, Mm -hmm. have to play some cards to get them in there to then proc your Celestial Cataclysm. And are they just resources or can you play them out of your soul somehow? I don't know. Yeah, it seems like it, because the blood debt is like incredibly um, detrimental yeah. to your life it's probably going to be really easy to accumulate them or it's going to be the opposite for light it's going to be harder to put them in your soul right and easy to spend them that's a i think that's a great point mitch that's a really really great point um, and um so another thing is you banish three cards from your hero's soul right yeah so is this banishing them to your banished zone just to keep them out of your discard pile so you can't remembrance them, etc. Or is there an additional function of the banished zone for light as well? Don't know yet. Or is it just banished because that's a, a harsher punishment than discarding? I think it's probably just banish, banish. But who knows, right? This well, is just I, a sliver. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's yeah. a possibility. That's a good question for sure. Yeah. Well, my prediction is it's going to cost like eighty to a hundred dollars. All Ira is going to have them. And, uh, You're coming at you for eight. <laughs> it's just going to be all celestial cataclysms, and you can also razor it, by the way, and nimble yep. nimbleism it. Yep, Snapdragon scalers it. <laughs> yeah. well, already, you... it has go again. You don't need to. Oh. Gosh. In case you can't tell, we're not huge fans of Enlightened Strike or. <laughs> Command and Conquers. But if we so this all card, owned a playset, we would be fine. Uh, I still don't love it. Okay. Try, try and I and Mitch are on the same page. Totally. I would run it if we had it. Um, let's get to the next card here. So we have another Tome, Tome of Divinity. This is a pretty spicy one. It's a yellow, 
So it pitches for two. It costs four. It's a light, instant, majestic, does not block. And it draws two cards. If a card has been put into your hero's soul this turn, instead draw three. Who wants to break it down first? Seems like you have to do the action to net a card. Yeah. I mean, you have to put a card into the soul. Um, Well, it depends, right? So, like, it costs four. So you're going to have to pitch two cards and then play it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or a tunic token and a blue. A blue and a tunic token is the way to go. Yeah. And then you draw three cards. And so you're up a card. But part of the cost I find interesting is unlike some of these where it seems like you can build up and then when you draw the card, pay the cost. This card, you have to have put um, a card into your hero's soul this turn. Yeah. So you have to... I mean, in theory, draw this or play this in conjunction with a card or that somehow goes into your soul and then pull this off, paying for its four cost. Yeah. It's just insane that it's an instant that draws cards. Yeah, that's fun. That's insane. Like, light Kano, right? This is sick. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, kind of like, like Art of War. Could yeah. Get you yeah. On your... mm-hmm. Right. Cost of four, though, that's pretty... Pretty steep. That's pretty steep. But if you're trying to... So it doesn't need to go again because it's an instant. But if you're trying to play this on your opponent's turn, you would have had to put a card into your hero's soul on your opponent's turn. Yeah. Which might be a Maybe a defense reaction. Maybe a... Who knows? Yeah, I don't... We'll we'll find out. I mean, Ray of Hope is a light instant, but you wouldn't get the plus one bonus from attacking. All over it. (laughs) Gadachi <laughs> for two, Gadachi for two. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So those as of now are all the cards that have been spoiled. Um I really like the artwork much more on the shadow cards and kind of what they're doing more than I like what's happening on the light hero cards. That's just my personal preference. Um how do you guys feel? Um as far as the cards we've seen so far, I would agree. Um, as far as the spoiled art, I think there's some very cool light mm-hmm. art spoiled. Like there's three in a row on the LSS website that's like um, a bunch of armor clad warriors standing on some sort of uh, rocky outcropping above a valley full of you know evil and death and they're about to go into battle. And then the next two are, um, you know, similarly cool armor-clad warriors fighting against the dark. And I think that these three pictures are all, like, uh, very cool. Yeah, no, they definitely are. I think all of the artwork so far has been a uh, step above uh, everything we've seen already, you know? Um, I do have one more note. I know you don't give a shit about the art spoilers, but I'm just going to talk about it. Okay. This is my podcast, too. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> screw you guys. Um, so I do really Play like... Up music. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. You guys done? <laughs> God. Um, so there is this picture of this knight with dark tendrils and runes all over her. Yeah, like that is really cool. attacked by the dark. But she has half of an armor mask on her, and her armor is purple, which I don't know if that indicates 
that she is some sort of arc knight or if her armor's just been ripped off half of her face somehow. Um, she just looks suspiciously similar to Viserai. Totally. Despite the fact that she seems to be potentially light being attacked by the dark. Yeah. I'm done. You guys can talk about whatever you no, want No, I think about. that's a great cat, you know, to see that you can have potentially, you know, quote unquote, evil looking characters as light heroes being attacked by shadow stuff. Potentially, right? So then that maybe is an indication of every hero can either be light or dark, you know? The only thing that makes me think that that maybe is not true is when, you know, we've all seen now the back of a flesh and blood card and all of the um, kind of regions in Wraith are represented in either above, below, or to the sides of the kind of logo on the back you know right so what you're talking about is the this is like the alternate theory to every character being able to specialize is that the iconography on the back of the cards seems to indicate that maybe four are light and four are dark or it's it's three and three or right and then that volcor and mysteria or whatever where the ninjas are from are are neutral potentially you know um, another thing to note, the borders of these cards, right, as we know, are based on where they are from in the world of Wraith. So all of the shadow cards currently are from the Demonasteria, where Viserai was made. And all of the light cards are from Solana, where Dorinthia is from. So that's just very interesting, right? So is, is Viserai obviously going to have more synergy with the shadow side and Dorinthia is going to have more synergy with the light side, potentially. But I also would not like to be pigeonholed into those um, roles, personally. I'm hoping that they're going to mix it up a little better than that. Like I said, with the different Exodus art and things like that. Yeah. You would really hope... Because just to, to my mind, for this game, it's, you know, like, so Solana is the beacon of light, but they include in the lore that it, like, rains in, over and polices the pits, but just to kind of use it for its resources and just doesn't give a shit about its suffering or, like, pillages the savage lands for its resources, right, and, like, slaughters the animals, right? right? So the brute just being an apex predator in their environment you could argue is more just than solana being a you know a the shining city yeah. yeah that lords over and uses um innocence right right and like it's it's i'm not saying solana is evil it's uh, just like break a few eggs and make an omelet <laughs> it's just like i mean that's in the lore and hopefully they will continue, you know, along that that same vein. It, Making you know, it more of a gray area rather than black and white. Yeah, the story could be much more complex than just like Solana is the shining light against the evil, you know, totally. Dark Knights or and, whatever. And I, I really hope there's the story so far in the game and the lore has been like, Okay, like pretty interesting. No story, just a lot of background. But for I would love to just really nerd out on a ton of like actual story to this game, 
you know, like what's really happening, you know, what is going to happen, except, you know, just if there's like an actual more of a narrative involved in the game. I just think that would be so cool. <laughs> Agreed. And personally, if if anybody at LSS listens to our podcast, can you please release the lore book as not a thousand dollar collector's item that you don't open? Because I would love to just read that book. Oh, I have the scanned PDF. I know, but they made all this lore. I don't know why they don't just release it for the players to read. Well, somebody scanned it all and it's out there for you to read digitally. Totally. But, you know, like, you know. why won't LSS? Yeah, I don't know. Let you read their lore. I don't know. The game they created. Yeah, don't pretty, know. Yeah. Anyway. I don't have any. Well, I would, I would like a non-collector's book to read. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, when's the uh, HBO show coming out? Because <laughs> I'll watch it. So you guys, like overall impressions, predictions, what's coming next? I've got some thoughts. Well, you go first. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, for like what the next spoiled card is going to be? Or next group? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Just overall impressions. Got or it. Whatever. Go for it. Uh, well, I don't know. My first impression was like a little bit of uh, like disappointment or not disappointment but just kind of like uh, apprehension because i mean really all i wanted was like a couple more attack reactions for ninja just kind of more of the same just like a little more diversity of cards to choose from and this seems like a huge shift yeah going into light and dark um i think that given the two heroes we've seen and all of the light and dark i think the other two are also i think all four heroes are going to be like too light too dark to make the whole thing draftable and yeah. I think it's going to be, I don't know if they're going to be in the same classes. I think they could be their own thing. Um, that just seems to be the direction it's. this is going. I think that the the blood debt and the soul thing, that each character is going to have some sort of power that interacts with that. Right. Um, I, I, there's a lot of question marks as to where the old heroes fit into this whole thing. But that's my prediction is that we're going to, this whole thing is just, it's going to be its own little, like, micro-draftable world where, like, the old heroes aren't really going to be a part of at least the draft element of it. And they could kind of fit in, like, you choose light or dark, but I think it's going to be its own contained thing. I think that is a very sound theory, and I certainly hope. Right, so I love playing Azalea, and I was hoping for Azalea to get a pump, right? Which I think she will. So I was just hoping for more ranger cards. Yeah. To make her stronger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another balancing, yeah. But there is a world in which these new components level the playing field for the characters. Like for some reason Azalea performs better with these new mechanics or cards without her getting more of her own cards. Which is like okay, you know. Um, I was also hoping for another Ranger character, but I mean, it, that's it, fine. So yeah. ho hopefully if they are doing this, which I mean, you're a resident draft expert and uh, I think I, you're, I, do all right. I think your theory <laughs> is a definitely a good one. I just like hope it, it does its dual duty of, you know, evening up the playing field for hey, the existing too. game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I was hoping for also. And then this right. happened and, yeah, it's, it's quite, <laughs> quite a left turn we've taken here. Yeah, totally. I would also, you know, just push back, like, it, it's pretty early. This is the first, like, six cards or whatever, you know? Yeah, we could just be getting our goats. You know, yeah, know. totally. 
And well, you got him. Yeah. LSS, you did it. <laughs> yeah. Totally. We have a lot of feelings. We're worked up. I'm pretty worked up over here. <laughs> We're worked here. up. I want a soul reaper. Is I want it a soul harvester. <laughs> yeah. I want all the soul stuff. I want to take that soul. Uh, give me them tokens. But give blood debt. Ranger cards. Don't care. I'll be in deep blood debt. I'm deep in normal debt. Who cares? Fuck you, future Taylor. Yeah, this is a problem. You got some blood debts to pay. (laughs) Um, So I wonder, so like an issue we run into, right? So now we have drafted both Arcane Rising and Welcome to Wraith, which is like way different experiences, both of them. Uh, You know, I think Arcane Rising, if you're out there like, oh, which one should I draft? Arcane Rising is much more fun, in my opinion. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole and talk about it, but... We can if you want. But my point is, is that what we found out is like having the card pool limited to four heroes kind of sucks a little bit in draft. So like if you wind up being, you know, doubling up on one hero, that just means there's less cards and makes your chances of being drafting a good deck like kind of suck which is part of the skill and you end up with a bunch of crack baubles (laughs) yeah totally um which takes some skill to recognize that what other people are playing and that sort of thing um yeah for sure very good point but i totally agree yeah but a way to fix that is if they had more heroes available in a draft in the limited format in monarch you know so if we don't have four if we have six or something like that along, then that, would, that would make it a little bit more viable right along with more generic cards or you open more packs or something because the same amount of cards divided between eight characters instead of four um may not work well, but i 100 percent agree yeah it, right like if a lot of the this set is shadow or light based that right? are applicable to any character yeah then yeah. it would make it easier to have more heroes be playable in draft if more cards were more generically usable right right love it yeah so that would make it for a really cool experience i think anyway yeah and only having two choices instead of four choices yeah it really keeps you guessing when you're drafting yeah it's like in welcome to wraith it's just like oh like somebody's picking up all the brute cards i guess i'll go guardian you know yeah yeah, totally. Also, Guardian, super good in Welcome to Wraith. Yeah. Limited formats. Play Guardian. Yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, crazily good. It was wild. Anyway. <clears throat> uh, okay. I think that's all I have, really. You guys got anything else you want to talk about? I'd love to talk about uh, some of the art spoilers, actually. <laughs> you want to just go down the list and be like... <laughs> Just like lean into the mic and describe every piece of every artwork. That Only because people... it upsets you and Mitch for some oh, reason. Oh, it doesn't so upset much. me. Yeah. I just was uh, like, we were just getting your goat. Very excited about owning blood debts. <laughs> I just don't even. Care. Just want to talk about Soul Reaper. <laughs> yeah, totally. Come here, Urser. So we'll go into part three now, which is how to work on your lawnmower. So for anyone who's been <laughs> yeah. wanting to fix their lawnmower for the last two hours, now is the part where you can learn how to fix it. Yeah, uh, good call back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, totally. Um, if you skipped the Ursa the Soul Reaper segment and are uninterested in that, <laughs> yeah, now we're going to talk about Husqvarna lawnmowers. Yeah. <laughs> you want to reap some grass? <laughs> 
Oh, geez. Okay, well, I think that's time for us to sign off. Eh? You? This, oh. is pretty, this is a shorter one. You don't got anything else? I don't think so. All right. Yeah. Mitch? I mean, put uh, ethanol-free fuel in your, <laughs> your fuel tank and your lawnmower. Oh, totally. <laughs> Otherwise, water condenses and it'll ruin your... Well, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Clean your carburetors, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we will probably, we'll probably have... Uh, kind of a full schedule of podcasts this month. Um, we might be doing shorter episodes, just spoiler based um, coming up. So we might have this one's coming out, you know, really early uh, spoiler season. And then we might be doing another one. You know, typically we have two podcasts a month. We might go up to three or four, depending on how spicy these spoilers are. And if we get a spoil card, et cetera. Maybe three. Well, we'll see. We'll see. However often we can get together. Yeah. 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 And how excited we are or whatever. So. Well, I mean. (laughs) Look out for those. Um, If this is any indication day one, we're going to be very excited. Yeah, totally. I mean, we've been talking about these for, I mean, we like, we like hung out yesterday and then had a little slumber party and then hung out today. And we've basically been talking spoilers the whole time, you know? I'm so excited for Command and Conquer 2.0. <laughs> All right. Yeah, stop making better versions of normal cards. <laughs> we don't need more Command and Conquers and Enlightened Strikes. Although all the class majestics are super interesting. Keep doing more of those. This is my sign off, I guess. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, Mitch, thanks for being on once again. Always a pleasure. Thank uh, you, guys. Yeah, totally. We appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate everybody else out there who's listening and listens to the, all of the episode. That's great. Um, we have an affiliate link with Fab Foundry. If you need any singles or anything like that at this moment, unlimited crucibles coming up. Uh, so that would be uh, you know a good place to get it. So click that link. It helps support our channel or our show. Um, find us on Facebook, Instagram at the attack action podcast the attack action podcast at gmail.com i'm mr beef hammer on discord he's ejock on discord mitch isn't on discord so it's totally fine um and that's it hope you're doing great uh hashtag shadow boys (laughs) (laughs) okay we're back yeah, we're back. Well, so something crazy happened with the mower. <laughs> it broke again. You guys and then gotta, we fixed it. You guys gotta. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Welcome to part three about the mower. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, so while we were piddling around with our day and talking about other stuff, we realized that it was almost five, and that we would get another spoiler. Just card. wasting our lives away in the hours leading up to another spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right, so this is we just recorded our podcast, but yep. have gotten a new spoiler since then. Yeah. So we're back. And we're back. So Isaac, how about talk to the people here? What okay. do we got? So what we're looking at, and this is very exciting, more than any card, we got spoiled a character. Levia, Shadowborn Abomination, who is a shadow brute character. Um her backstory is up on the LSS website in her whole like character profile um, next to three blank 
slots for the three additional characters that'll be released. Um, I'm not going to read you guys the whole lore, but... <laughs> but he really wants to. I mean, yeah. I, I, I would. <laughs> Let's yeah. be real. Yeah. But um, there are three hero highlights here. Do you guys want to talk about those and what they mean for the game, potentially? Uh, yeah, totally. Okay. So the first one is Hunger for Power. The hunger that possesses Levia will only be satisfied when everything has been devoured, including ex existence itself. Manage your graveyard carefully to gorge upon, else you may find your shadow demon consuming you. <laughs> Pay your debt. There's no such thing as a free lunch. And in Arathael, or something. Yeah, also, where is that? The currency is power or blood. Be sure to include many cards with the six or more power in your deck and plenty of ways to send them to the Banished Stone to keep your inner demon at bay. Ba -bum -ba. So, this is interesting because we were spoiled her legendary specialization card earlier, which costs or has a requirement of you having six cards with blood debt in your or in your banished zone, which to us sounded uh, very difficult to be paying all of that blood debt, right? It's a lot of blood. Yeah. But we have now learned when looking at Levia's card, her ability is if a card with six or more attack has been put into your banished zone this turn, cards you own lose blood debt during the end phase. So if you manage to banish a sixer, you will not pay any of that blood debt, allowing you to stack up cards with blood debt in your banish zone in order to pay for the Levia specialization. So I've been doing a lot of monologue. No, it's totally you guys want to jump in here? Well, then, yeah, then you can pay for Doomsday a lot easier, right? And Doomsday is you have to have six or more blood debt cards in your banish zone, and then you get to create the Blasphemet Soul Harvester. Right, which is her third hero highlight doomsday scenario from farmhand to shadowborn abomination levia's transformation isn't by chance a willing pawn in the demonastery's plan levia is a dimensional gateway for the shadow demon blasphemet to descend upon wraith <laughs> <laughs> like really take like so you read dorinthia's story like <laughs> used to be a smith Found a magical sword, you know, and then now you read Levia and you're like, oh my God, you know, the game has taken uh, quite a turn. Yeah. The the adult is here. Yeah. This is um, like. <laughs> so what's really interesting is, is now it's a lot of things. One, the hero characters from Crucible, like the young heroes, are probably just exclusively young heroes. Right, so it seems it may be that way. Yeah, like my prediction of of Kasai being older Kasai and Ko being older Ko is like not going to happen. It is what it looks like. K old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of bummer. I want to see adult Benji. No, yeah, I mean, so it could still happen where random tokens are adult versions of these here, but then I guess you couldn't play bl or 
draft as easily. I was just hoping for four new characters as well as adult versions of these old Blitz characters. Because yeah. to me, having only Blitz characters in a game where Blitz is supposedly the secondary format doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. What I also... The other really interesting thing is that now we have, like, we're going to be pigeonholed into shadow heroes and light heroes, right? Right. And then what what does that mean for our original eight heroes? Right. You know, like, that, that, there's more questions now about the heroes we already love so much um, and what, what's going to happen with them. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the cards, like a brute deck, with like especially with the six-cost thing, I mean, that's brute bread and butter right there. So yeah. it makes sense that like the older cards are still going to be very viable. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it's a... Uh, and also, why brute? Wizard, Wizard could have used a, <laughs> a constructed character that doesn't suck. <laughs> when I saw her, I thought this was going to be a necromancer or something, but I'm pretty psyched. Yeah, definitely. I think there's some of that secret hidden art, right, of the that uh, sorcerer-looking woman holding a staff. You right, know? right. Um, and that maybe is the light wizard, right? Maybe that's the light character that's going to be spoiled later, and it's going to be a wizard, so a couple, potentially. A couple details. Um, <clears throat> this hero is spoiled in both young and adult form. Right. You know, has 40 health, intelligence 4, right? And it says Shadow Brute Hero at the bottom. Right, that's what Which I is mean. what Taylor was talking yeah, about. Yeah. Um, so are their original heroes light heroes? Can they be played as either light or dark? And yeah. are only the Shadow Heroes pigeonholed? This really <clears throat> begs the question, you know. Or is it neither? You know, the original heroes are not light or dark and can't use the cards. <laughs> That would be wild. It's it's really hard to predict what's going to happen with the game now. Yeah, <laughs> you <Well>, know, <clears throat> as you uh, as Taylor brought up earlier before we were on air, um, there's a lot of people who really love uh, warrior or ranger or are like very attached to yeah, their characters. People have like hero uh, loyalties, right? You know, so to be left behind to some degree by monarch would be very disappointing, and I. I don't think LSS is going to do that. Yeah. I mean, in a game where they talked about cards don't rotate out, right? Power creep is less of a thing, etc. There's still got to be a way for us to be able to hold on to our like ninjas, our rangers, our rune blades or whatever's, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Well, we have many cards to go. Totally. So we will see. One thing, um, so the second um, interesting thing about this is this is a Shadow Brute who is a new uh, Brute character that also already has KO. So my theory about the, the four characters who did not already have Blitz secondary characters, them getting a second character is just blown out the window. Because we're only getting four new characters apparently yeah and we just got a brute right so that means that there cannot be a second ranger second guardian second wizard and second 
What am I missing? This right. This right. yeah. Character. I suppose. I mean, there could be, right? Oh, fair enough. There's only four <laughs> slots on the website. Yeah. But yeah. But they did choose one of them to be brute. And like, I think, Mitch, you brought this up right before we started recording. Are they, or maybe it was during we were recording. It's all a blur right now of excitement. <laughs> but are they just going to do Welcome to Race? Like characters again? Yeah. Brute, brute, Guardian, Warrior, and a Ninja. And they're going to be Light and Shadow. There's more questions than this card has answered is the upsetting part. Really up to the brute psych, though. Oh, totally. For me. That's, that's, a, that's cool. a brute I would want to play. Yeah. Yeah. I can really get behind this character. Yeah, definitely. It's pretty crazy. So then I guess I, I <clears> thought <throat> potentially the new Blitz decks might be uh, more heroes or classes or whatever, you know? Um, but maybe now they're just going to be the new hero blitz decks that are for sale you know right so like we're gonna get uh uh levia blitz hero deck in those like those packs or whatever that are also coming out with monarch this character is also interesting because it it seems uh like asking a lot right i mean we haven't seen the new brute cards but so she now has to banish a six or a turn in order to not play too much blood or pay too much blood debt assuming she's using plenty of blood debt cards (laughs) and defend and attack her opponent right yeah and this is i mean in the same same problem for everybody fill your soul banish cards with blood debt yeah so like shadow brute cards then go to your banish zone yeah i don't know or cards as an additional cost you banish a random card. Right, rather than discarded or something. You know? yeah. um, but who knows? Who knows? It's very exciting. The artwork is next level. The story is uh, grotesque. It's crazy. It is a good... Go have a read. It's a good <laughs> good lore. Yeah, totally. So, um, uh, yeah, you guys got these reactions like... <laughs> moment, moment of... Um, I'm just wondering if more stuff's going to come The out. one thing I am disappointed in is it would have been nice, especially for those classes that needed a power bump, which I still believe will get a power bump, but it would have been nice to get another yeah, second character. that doesn't have 30 health would be great. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which we could still see, yeah, still but just more based game. on double up, doubling up on Brute, it seems that every class is now, you know, up. Uh, in contention for the the second character, right? Yeah, and I guess that would mean the next four we'd have to wait four or five months for the next set, which would be a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Kingdom may come out like when is it? Late summer, early fall, something like that. It's coming out sooner, or that's the plan than Monarch. But yeah, agreed. Have to wait or, quite a while. You know, maybe given. Oh, maybe there's some feedback with how like the the tournament circuit has been going, and maybe it's going to be a power bump for all the classes that haven't, um, you know, placed. So it'd be like brute, guardian, azalea, and maybe viscerai or like ninja and warrior probably aren't. I don't know. Given that line, that's of line. interesting. I I wonder too if like 
so maybe you we do get like class cards for every class but well that wouldn't make sense for it to be draftable i suppose but anyway like what if like dorinthia is just dorinthia and there is like a light a different light warrior but then in a tournament right you're running rego's dorinthia versus shadow brute so you have to potentially have cards in your sideboard to battle that as a regular hero not a light hero i don't know <laughs> or I, all the heroes are light that yeah. we've seen so far because they all could potentially like even viscera is not you know an evil character right yeah um no no fat's right i mean it's totally fine <laughs> um also there's um Oh, somebody just posted that there's uh, an article by James White uh, coming out, I guess, some part today, April 13th, 2021, James White. Hidden Talents is the name of it. Oh, cool. Um, one thing I would like to mention. So I'm un- <clears throat> I'm unsure about this, but I'm just, if I remember correctly, a long time ago, one of the developers said that they're aware Azalea is underwhelming and she would get a bump in Monarch. Right. Which could still be from, like, just light or shadow cards. It doesn't have to be from her class cards. But I, like, very acutely remember that. Yeah. Anyway, don't, don't, I don't promise that. But, um, so that's, you know, still possible for our old heroes to be leveled. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm just confused. (laughs) <laughs> on how this is all going to weave together yeah. and you know a concern a concern for us is as the battle bros quartet we have split all of the classes evenly between ourselves so if it winds up being like we get a brute a ranger a wizard and, and, a, ninja. and a ninja me yeah. and troy won't have any new heroes to play with you know just have to wait for kingdom (laughs) no that would that would suck yeah so we'll have to see what the card pool is like and that sort of thing you know maybe then all of a sudden i'm a we have to redraft the four heroes and or something well let's see what happens yeah totally i'm pretty attached to my heroes no totally i mean the ones from monarch oh yeah is what i mean is that then like because potentially brute cards maybe don't actually synergize with shadow brew yeah i was gonna say her hero ability is i mean the the attributes that are listed on the site like the banishing cards from your graveyard and whatnot i mean since her ability doesn't do that she's gonna have to rock a lot of shadow specific cards that do that yeah so maybe there's not gonna be that many cards that really work well with the design here that is a good point like maybe you rock red smash instincts because it's so good but then she needs her own shadow sixers that go to your banish zone instead discard pile or whatever yeah i'm surprised she doesn't i mean it seems like the mechanism is she's going to be eating cards of her graveyard into the banish zone um but yeah i'm surprised that she doesn't do that herself yeah it's just interesting that like 
I bet that we can't use. Yeah, right. Like scabskin leathers. <laughs> not a thing. That, that's a brute hero, not a shadow brute. That's what I mean. Barraging beatdown. That's a brute card, not a shadow brute card. I'm sure. Is that how that's going to work, <laughs> or is it going to be all cards that say that are for brute are for? Right. I I, I took it as brute card, and then shadow is a just an underlying descriptor or restriction. Only shadow brutes can use this. Yeah. But I mean, you could be right. Who knows? It's. It, I think you'll be able to use all brute cards. Would be my guess. It's. It's pretty wild that the game is going to be able to, in this theoretical world we're living in, as spoilers slowly come out, that you there's enough design space to have like faction heroes and neutral heroes you know mm -hmm. i think it's interesting that or light heroes the so far we haven't seen any shadow brute specific cards so yeah. there's going to be two characters that draw from one pool and maybe two characters that draw from the other pool yeah which is pretty interesting hopefully you don't just see like i don't know two characters running all the same stuff because it's the most powerful stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if they limit the set's card pool, you know, like these heroes now have like a much smaller card pool all in the set or whatever. 310 cards, though. It's a lot of cards. Yeah. According, a lot can happen. You'll like this, Isaac. This just came up. According to the Wraith, Wraith Times an hour ago, we have a spoiler card that is going to make Ranger players... Very, very happy, winky face. Watch the space <laughs> as what? we unveil our spoiler tomorrow. Awesome. And they just gave us that an hour. Just knock me out and wake me up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> this is just your lucky day as a Brute Ranger player. Yeah, but then I'm going to have three weeks of somebody else's lucky days after yeah, this. Yeah, totally. I'm getting all my, my goodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just sprinting out of the blocks. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Okay, i got to stop watching Discord. Um, comments yeah, roll well, by <laughs> <laughs> no that's a good one though I'm excited about that yeah totally um, alright well you guys got anything else you want to say about this card reveal uh, no I don't know there's a lot going on it just tells us a lot like right she's a young and adult hero it, it did answer a lot of our questions yeah and pose some more, obviously. Yeah, totally. But, um, We're now, you know, once... there are shadow characters. Yep. The new characters are most likely both. Right. We may not get adult versions of the Blitz characters. Right. Um, I got to get this legendary Shadow Brute card. <laughs> totally. To summon blas Blasphemet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous you get a Blasphemet. I want to summon Blasphemet. Well, I got to get that legendary first. But That's true. If it's I just true. summon... <laughs> summon that demon once ever i'll be very happy <laughs> and we'll all be doomed dude yeah totally thanks <laughs> asshole just smash the earth yeah jesus also what was in that article right it mentions that she's from a different land we haven't heard of yeah i didn't know how to say that it starts with a small i and then capital a i, I don't have it pulled up so. yeah, yeah but you can rewind to listen to my mispronunciation of that place <laughs> And surmise about it. Totally. Insane. Okay. That's it. That's what we got. Definitely hashtag Shadow Boys now. Aren't we? 
Oh yeah. I'm, <laughs> oh, fist I'm bump. On the, I'm on the Shadow Boys train now. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, cool little bonus segment here for you all at home. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, talk to you later. Who knows? Maybe we'll sit around for five more minutes and be like, <laughs> wow, that was crazy. And then another one will pop up and we'll hit record again. But don't hold your breath. We'll talk about lawnmowers till then. <laughs> <laughs>